Good morning, church. It is good to see all of you this morning. Uh, before we begin, let's go ahead and bow our heads and start with a word of prayer. Father God, it is so great to be here this morning. To be here before you, worshiping you, singing to you, God, and opening your word. I pray at this time, as we open your scriptures and take in what you want for us to hear from you today, God, that you would make our hearts soft. Father, that you would open our ears and open our hearts to what you have to tell us. God, and that we can leave here today better than when we came in. I pray that you take me out of the equation this morning and that you would just speak through me, Father, and that um, I would be able to share what I have learned from these scriptures. Love you so much, God. Thank you for this time. Praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, Brian. As you can guess, my name is Brian. Uh, I'm 13 years old spiritually, and recently I got married, which is very exciting. Yes. There is hope. There is hope. Now, today's lesson is actually going to be about Paul. Uh, we're continuing our series on God is Calling, and it's been a great series so far. If I can get the clicker to work. Click. Click. Okay. I have to say it. To get... I have to turn it on? I have to turn it on. I haven't, I haven't done this before. I'm sorry. Do I hold the... Bo- oh, there it is. I'm getting old. I'm not tech savvy anymore. Okay. All right. The title of the lesson is Paul. From Persecution to Proclamation. Um, but before we actually even get into that, I want to share a little bit about my life. Um, I was recently married and... I was putting together the house for Erica. Like, we got, we got married in January, and so early sometime, um, actually late in last year, around like December, um, uh, November, I was shopping for an apartment, and we found a place, and I was really excited because I wanted to start filling it with furniture. And for me, at the top of the list was a entertainment center. Because every man needs this entertainment center, right? You need the entertainment center for your TV. Wait, is there a laser on this, right? There's a laser? Yeah, there's a laser. Okay. The TV, all your you know, essentials, Xbox, PlayStation, all the games. Yeah, all the essentials. The pictures are there too, you know, just for decoration. That's more of Erica's thing. Uh, but I was really excited because as I was shopping around, I started to realize how expensive these things are. Um, and so... Luckily, someone had posted on Ikea because they had bought a brand new TV during Black Friday and their brand new TV couldn't fit into that small box anymore. So sad. But hey, good for me. So I I went and I picked it up and I was really excited. So I called Alex. I'm like, hey, I got the entertainment center. Can you come help me set it up? And this was actually when we had just signed the lease on our apartment. So we had gotten the keys, but the electricity hadn't been turned on yet. But I was a guy, so I was undeterred. I was like, I will put it together in the dark. I do not care. Alex, you're going to help me. Bring a flashlight. So we went to the house. It was about 8 or 9 o'clock at night. It was dark. We had our flashlights and our phones kind of set up strategically around the room to, you know, have light. But the problem was when I had bought it, the guy had thrown away his instructions. That was fun. Okay, we had all the pieces we needed. All the little, you know, the Ikea. It was from Ikea. All the little Ikea wooden knobs and screws and the funny little Z-shaped Allen wrench. All that was there except there were no instructions. And the problem with this entertainment center was they had discontinued this model. So (laughs) trying to find the instructions online, it was a challenge. Um, But eventually we put it together after a couple of hours of 
putting together what looked like it should have been and taking it apart and realized that the holes that were lining up weren't lining up correctly and that there were one too many little uh, wooden knobs left and there was a screw that looked like it should have gone somewhere but didn't. <laughs> but I say all that to say it would have been a lot easier if we had the instructions. Because we had all the parts that were necessary and I kind of had an idea of what I was supposed to be building but I didn't have the instructions to tell me what I was supposed to do. You guys been there before? Yeah. How many of you guys have bought furniture from Ikea? Yeah. Most of you, right? So you guys understand what I'm talking about. Okay. If you can turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, we're going to pick up in the story here about Paul. And to kind of set the stage here, um, before you start getting on my case about Paul, like we're going to be reading a scripture. It says Saul. Paul, Saul, same guy. They like to change their names in the Bible a lot. It's, it's the whole thing. You know, uh, Simon changed his name to Peter. And, and, and Anyways. Acts chapter 9, verse 1, starting out. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. First point this morning is, do you have the right instructions? That image was easy to find. The instructions weren't, but anyways. To give you some background on Paul, Paul was actually a very well-studied Pharisee. He had gone to Jerusalem and studied under Gamaliel, who at the time was one of the highest-ranking Pharisees in the Sanhedrin. So he was really smart. He wasn't your run-of-the-mill guy who kind of was going around persecuting Christians. He knew what he was doing. He was, uh, he was knowledgeable in the scriptures, and he was very zealous. He wanted to do what he felt was right. The problem was, he didn't have the instructions. He had everything that he needed to be able to build the life that God wanted him to live. But because he had in mind something different, he was building something completely wrong. And the question for us is, we have a lot of things that you know, we need to build in our lives. We need to build our career. We need to build finances. You need to build relationships. There are a lot of things in our lives that we need to build, not just IKEA furniture. But the question is, when we build these things, how are we building them? Are we building them the way that we think they're supposed to be built? Are we building them, well, you know what? My career needs to be this way. I imagine growing up, I'm going to be a doctor. And so this is what I'm going to take, the career path I'm going to go. And I've seen people who succeed, and this is how they do it. So I'm going to go that way. You know what? They say that I need to lie, and I need to just, well, not lie. I need to be, I need to bend the truth so that people like what I say so that they promote me. Or maybe in my finances. You know what? I have a lot of things on my plate right now I need to take care of. I need to take care of my wife. I need to take care of my kids. I have that car payment. I can't really afford right now to, to give sacrificially. I mean, I need to be responsible as, as an adult. So I can't really afford to do it that way. I need, I'll, just, I'll take care of what I need to take care of first. And then whatever I have left over, I'll give that to God. Or maybe in our relationships. You know what? 
I'm going to go and, and, and talk to that, talk to my coworker about Jesus, but, but not right now. Because, you see, we need to, we need to um, get to that point. Because if I talk to him now about God and about what I believe, he might get weirded out. And if he gets weirded out, then that door is closed and, you know, he's never going to become a Christian. So I, I need to take it slow. Or, you know what, maybe we, we just need to get, spend some more time together. Let's go hang out at the bar. Or let's go, you know, let me just laugh at that joke. Not because I think it's funny, but just so that I can get his trust a little bit more. And then maybe we're, when we're a little cooler, I'll be able to talk to him about God. Do we follow God's instructions? Do we follow the scriptures when we build these things in our lives? Or do we try to do it ourselves? I don't know if maybe you've, um, you've seen these instructions from Ikea, and most of them are fairly simple. If you're building a table that has four legs in the top, it's, it's not that complicated. But there are times when you might need to look at the instructions. And I know, guys, we don't like instructions. Uh, most times when I open a package, uh, especially after we got married, we had a lot of different things that we got, you know, small like a toaster oven or, you know, different things that we had to put together. And I always grabbed the instructions and threw them away because it was like three screws and, you know, a little screw. Like, I, it, I don't need it. But see, things in our lives that are this important, our careers, our relationships, our families, finances, these things are not simple things. They're not things that we can just wing it. Because once you build these things, you can't take them apart. Once you, once you choose that career path, and you spend this many years on it, and then you build that reputation of someone who is not honest, someone who is not, does not have integrity, and you, you show that life to the people around you, how hard is it going to be to rebuild that reputation with these people and be able to show them the light of Christ? These aspects of our lives should not be ignored, but they will only succeed when we follow God's instructions. Amen. amen. Oh, I like the amens. That's good. <laughs> Acts chapter nine, verse six. You guys are still there, right? Amen. We're not. We're not. We're only going to stay in Acts nine. Well, I like that. We're going to to another scripture later, but Acts nine most of the time. So continuing in verse six, the Bible reads, "Now get up." This is God talking still. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now, this is actually kind of a, uh, a thought for me. I, I had never really taken time to think about this, but Saul was blind for three days. Now, I don't know how, how many, you guys, most of you guys wear glasses, right? A lot of you guys wear glasses. Uh, how hard is it to go about your, your day when you do not have your glasses on? Anyone ever lose their glasses, or maybe if you're wearing contacts, one of the contacts popped out, and then you just were blind in one eye? It's very difficult to go about your life. You can still kind of function, but it's, it's a little harder. Now, imagine if you were completely blind, if you could not see anything. You see, Paul had to wait. He sat in darkness for three days. Three days is a long time if you can't do anything. Especially, he didn't eat or drink. I don't, you know, he didn't eat or drink. I, I would probably be eating because I would be nervous. I'm a nervous eater. But he did not eat or drink 
and sat there blind for three days. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't just kind of sit there. Like, I know in my mind, I would be thinking a lot. Thinking about what the heck just happened. Like, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was pleasing God with my life. All of a sudden, Jesus comes around like, dude, not cool. What you're doing, you need to do the opposite. That would shake my life. If I thought I was doing what I thought was right, and God had to come down and say, Brian, why are you persecuting me? And then he gave me three days to think about it. (laughs) It would be a very difficult three days. He had a lot of time to rethink his priorities, thinking about, okay, well, I've been building this so far. Have any of you guys ever built something and then halfway through realized that you were doing it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so going back to building furniture, um, Erica had a dresser and we decided that I needed a new dresser because I needed somewhere to put all of my clothes because I couldn't fit it in Erica's dresser. <laughs> and so after building the frame of it and building one drawer, I decided, you know, I built one drawer already. Um, the rest of them are exactly the same, so I should be fine. So I started throwing them together, not looking at the instructions. Halfway through the second drawer that I built without looking at the instructions, I realized that I had been flipping a panel, and the screws weren't lining up quite how they should have been. And then I realized that there was no easy way to fix it, and I would have to take the entire thing apart and put it back together. It was a little struggle. But see, the thing, the thing I could have taken to, the measures I could have taken to avoid that is if I had taken the time to reflect, to look back and say, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. Is it matching up with what the instructions say? Right. And Paul had that time to think, yeah. to reflect. Mm-hmm. Am I do, the thing is I'm doing, is that lining up with God's plan, with God's instructions? And if not, am I willing to leave all of that behind? Am I willing to leave those years of training all the, the relationships I've built with all these other Pharisees, the reputation that I've built as a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the creme de la creme, <laughs> am I willing to give all that up just because God says that I'm not doing it right? Wow. Later on, you, as you continue to read Paul's letters, you see that he does. He says, I consider it all rubbish. It's junk. It's nothing compared to following God. He had to decide, am I willing to go wherever? Because I had a plan for my life. I thought I was going to go to Damascus, get all the Christians, take them back to Jerusalem, throw them in the jail. That was my plan. But now my plan's gone, and God can send me wherever He wants to send me. Am I willing to go? Am I willing to do whatever God asks me to do? Because the Sanhedrin and all the Pharisees were telling me that I need to go throw all these Christians in jail. And so I'm pretty sure they have some bitterness, maybe a little bitterness against me. Am I willing to throw away all those relationships that I had in the past and try to build new relationships with the people who I was previously throwing into jail and having executed? Am I willing to do whatever it takes? And so the question I have for all of us today is when was the last time we stopped? Just stop for a minute. Because our lives are busy and things can continue to come at us, whether they're bills, our job, kids, family, marriage, all these things come at us all the time. And we can sort of switch into an autopilot mode where we just try to get by through our day. But when was the last time you stopped? 
and just was still for a moment and thought, am I doing what I said I would do? Is Jesus still Lord of my life? Are all my decisions being filtered through the Bible? Are all my choices in line with these instructions that God has given me? Or am I just trying to wing it and figure it out? Do I think I have it all figured out and I'm trying to just do it myself? It's very important to stop and think. My second point is get a buddy to help you. You guys have seen this picture too, right? I really like this one. (laughs) Most of the guys are like, no, we can do it ourselves. It's just suggestions. You guys are still in Acts chapter 9. Good. Make sure that you're not you know, getting bored and flipping to other scriptures. In Acts chapter 9, verse 10, this is a little bit of a longer uh, passage, so just bear with me. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord. That's a good answer. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Get a buddy to help you. See, God created us to have human relationships. You see it all throughout our lives. We have family groups. We have families. We have relationships with our spouses, or with your girlfriend, or with your friends. There's just so many things that we need each other to do. We're not meant to be solo creatures. We're not meant to be off on our own. We're meant to be around other people. And God understood this. God could have easily come to, uh, come to all of us every time when we're out of line. Brian, I see that you're not reading your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Brian, I see that you're not being loving to your wife. Be loving. That could easily, God could easily do that. But he understands that we need people in our lives to help us. To be there for us, to see things that we do not see. And so God put Ananias in Paul's life to help redirect Paul to follow God's instructions. And it wasn't a very easy conversation. As you could tell, God, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this guy, Saul. Um, I mean, I know you're up there and you're taking care of a lot of things. But this guy that you want me to go talk to? (laughs) he's going to throw me in jail I don't want to go to jail he's throwing everyone into jail and executing them so are you sure this is the right guy 
Are you sure maybe his name's not Paul or, or you know, something else? No, you want me to go talk to him? Are you sure? Really sure? Okay. You see, there are times in our lives where we have to have conversations with people. People that we care about. They're not necessarily necessarily the easiest conversations to have. They're the conversations that when we think about it, we're like, um, oh, I think someone's calling my name. I'll just get to him later. Or, you know, I really need the bathroom right now. I just, I can't, I can't. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. I'm, I have a lot of stuff in my life right now, and they're doing their own thing. They're fine for now. I'll just get back to them later. Right. Yeah. But see, we need each other yeah. to help us stay in line with the instructions. There are times in our lives that we need help, that we don't always see the big picture. Yeah. So I was uh, hanging up some picture frames and some, uh, some you know, stuff on our walls to make sure that they don't look completely empty. And um, I don't know if you guys have done this before, but when you're putting a picture on the wall, you always want to make sure it's level, right? Yeah. I'm not sure if you're going for the modern thing where you tilt things and, you know, no. that's not us. So we were, I was going, I was putting pictures and paintings in the kitchen. And um, I lined it up on the wall and I was like, okay, that's good, right? That's good. I hear from behind me, no. <laughs> it's not level. Erica was sitting behind me saying, like, no, you got to tilt it a little more to the left. And I was like, okay, is that? It's like, no, too much. No, no, a little more to the left. Too far, go back. (laughs) But see, the problem was I was too close to the picture. I was right there. So to me, I looked like I had it right. But because Erica had an outside perspective, because she was standing back, she was able to see clearly. And that's the issue we have in our lives. We're too close to all the things that we have going on. And we think, okay, this is straight. We got it. I have my life in line. I have my career in line. I have my family, relationships, finances. All of that's good to go. And then you ask someone who's looking at you from the outside and they're like, no. <laughs> but we need that. We need that person to tell us, no. A little more to the left. And this is why discipling times are so important. As a church, we advocate this discipling time, the, the idea of getting together and keeping each other accountable, the idea of helping each other grow and move towards God. And that is an idea that, that I firmly believe in. I feel like if I didn't meet with Alex on a weekly basis, I am a pagan. I can do horrible things if I'm not having someone constantly help me keep my life in check. Because I have a tendency to drift. We all do. That's why when you drive on the road, you don't let go of your steering wheel. It's not going to jerk immediately to the left or to the right, but we need to have our hand on the wheel to make those small corrections. To make sure that we're staying in line, that we're staying in our lane. Because those small little drifts eventually build up to bigger ones and bigger ones, and then you're in the next lane. And then you're in opposing traffic. And then, well, you know. So the question I have for all of you today is do I have that someone in my life that will meet with me on a consistent basis? And not just meet with me, just to have fun and, alright, let's go watch the World Cup game today. Don't tell me the score. Let's go play video games. Let's go hang out. Let's go eat. Let's go watch a movie. That's all well and good, but we need that someone that's willing to look at our lives and tell us, dude, what you're doing right now, it's not... 
That's not what is in line with the scriptures. That's not what God's instructions are telling you to do. We need that in our lives. We need that honesty. And it can hurt. And it can be hard even to be that person to someone else. Where you got to sit someone down and be like, Alright man, like I know that you think you've got it all together. But you don't. And that is something that is so key. And that's why God sent Ananias to tell Paul, Hey, this is what God's plan is for your life. Let me show you. And let me help you see. Third point is what will you build? I thought that was funny. I was trying to find one of like the Starship Enterprise or something like that, but Back to the Future. For those of you guys who don't get the reference. Alright, so this is the point in the, in, in the lesson where we're actually turning to another scripture. And we're gonna go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. This is actually a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, one of the people that he was training up in the faith. And this is toward the ends of his life, where he knows he's going to be executed, and he's just kind of writing his final farewells. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible reads, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And you can hear the triumph in Paul's voice. I have finished the race. I have fought the fight. I have followed God's instructions. And this is what I have done through God. You see, Paul went on from this point, from deciding that he was going to follow God's instructions to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. He went on to plant churches throughout Asia and the Middle East and the Mediterranean. He went on to write basically half of the New Testament and inspire countless people, even us today, as we're reading about his life. But he could never have known the impact that he had when he decided that he was going to follow God's instructions. He had no idea. He didn't know that we were going to be reading his letters thousands of years from, him, from the time he wrote them. He thought he was just writing them to Timothy. So we're basically peeking at his mail. <laughs> but regardless of that, he has inspired so many people. And he used his life and his talents, his skills that he had inherited before that, to follow God's instructions. Now, you see the awesome thing about kits from Ikea, and they're not sponsoring this, just letting you know. <laughs> the awesome thing is about a kit from Ikea is when you open up that box, it has all the pieces that you need, it has all the little screws and then the tools that you need, and it also comes with instructions most of the time. So you are given all you need to complete your task. If you need to build a bunk bed, you can build a bunk bed. If you need to build a dining set, you can build a dining set. If you need to build a DeLorean, you could theoretically build a DeLorean. And the same is true in our lives. God gives us a set of instructions, but He doesn't expect us to go chop down trees and make our own little screws. He gives us everything we need to be able to complete those instructions. Whether it's experiences in our lives that have allowed us to become wiser, 
whether it's the, ta- the training that we've had from going to school or from the people that we've had teach us in our lives, whether it's just the raw skill and talent that we've been born with. He gives us everything we need, the people in our lives, the resources, whether it's money or, or, or just relationships. He gives us everything we need to do amazing things. The only thing that stops us from being able to complete those amazing things is our willingness to follow those instructions. Because that dining set is not going to become a dining set if you just let it sit there. Or if you decide, you know what, I don't really want a dining set. Um, I changed my mind. I'm going to build that into a boat. That's going to make an awesome boat. No, it's not going to be an awesome boat. You're not going to stay afloat for very long. These things only become what they were meant to be when you follow the instructions. And that is when they're able to shine and able to do what they were created to do. And the same is true in our lives. If we follow God's instructions, we can do amazing things. You can build things with Ikea that you could never build on your own. Just so you know. I don't know if if you guys have ever tried to build an entertainment center on your own from scratch. Um, It's hard. I'm never going to try it. But with Ikea, I can't. And so with God, imagine how much you can accomplish. Just, just take a moment and, and imagine with me, dream with me. If everyone in this room decided today that they were going to live their lives completely according to God's instructions, that every single day they were going to follow the scriptures, that they were going to live their lives according to what God has called us to live, to be loving, to be generous, to be kind, to be compassionate all the time. Can you imagine We couldn't fit in this room. We would not be able to fit in this room. We wouldn't be able to fit in the other room. We would not be able to fit on this campus. Because people are going out and being so loving, so kind, so generous, so outspoken about their faith, so confident in what they believe, that people can't help but come. Imagine that for a moment. All we need to do is follow God's instructions. And so, I have a couple practicals here for you. Uh, I'm a very practical kind of guy. I don't like this ethereal kind of, well, if you believe and you think, no. <laughs> Practicals. Because I like to know, what can I do now? I'm, expi- I'm, I'm inspired. I'm excited. Direct me. So, I'm going to direct you a little. Are you guys excited? Yeah. All right. So, uh, I have three practicals for you. First one is take some time and reflect on your life. Check if you built your life according to God's instructions. Now, you don't need to be as extreme as Paul and put on blindfolds and sit in a room for three days. But take some time. Whether it's an hour, a couple hours, I would say at least 30 to you know, 45 minutes. Don't, do, don't reflect for five minutes. You're not going to get very much. But go somewhere. Um, I know for me, the beach is a beautiful place for me to be able to do that. Just to go out and sit on the sand, watch the waves, hear the waves come in, and just pray. And think about my life. Whether you know the beach works for you, or maybe you're more of a mountain trail kind of person, whatever is whatever floats your boat, take some time and think. Am I really living my life according to God's instructions? Am I building that way? What am I building with my life? Am I trying to build something out of what God has given me that wasn't meant to be? Second practical is ask your close friends to help you evaluate your build progress. If you don't have someone to help you, find someone. 
Building that dresser would have been a lot easier if I had someone sitting there telling me, you're building it wrong. I would have had to, not had to pull it apart and put it back together. And the same is true in our life. We need people in our lives to be able to tell us, hey, that path that you're going down is not going to end well. That decision that you're making is not going to lead to better decisions. We need that person in our life that's going to tell us the truth of what we need to hear and what we need to do after that. If you don't have someone, you need to find someone. Uh, the Ikea picture that showed you know, one person lifting it by themselves, the worst that they were going to suffer from was a, you know, maybe a, 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 a hernia or you know, like a, a hurt back. The worst that you can suffer from as a disciple, if you do not have someone in your life, is to turn away from God. And that is not something that we should be willing to risk. Third practical is to do something this week with the parts and tools that God has given you and build something for Him. God has given all of us amazing talents, skills, and resources. The question is, are we allowing them to sit there? Or are we using them for something? Are we reaching out to people? Are we being generous with what we've been blessed with? Are we making, taking every opportunity to be kind and compassionate? To love each other? To forgive each other? To build each other up and challenge each other to grow more? So this week, take some time. After you've reflected and discovered you know, what, what God's plan is for your life. Or what talents and skills that He has given you. Decide this week, I'm going to do something about it. And if we all decide that we're going to use our talents and skills and gifts that God has given us, and we're going to follow God's instructions with it, we're going to be able to do amazing things. The bottom line, from what I've learned from Paul, is that we can do amazing things when we follow God's instructions. Amen. Thank you. Good